You're listening to Stocks for Docs, a podcast to educate healthcare professionals to build wealth through value investing in the stock market. I'm your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo. Hey everyone, welcome back to Stocks for Docs. I am your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo, and thank you again for joining us for another episodes on investing and stock investing in particular. I hope you are all doing really well. It is mid-November and I recently got back from a family trip to Las Vegas. That's right, Las Vegas. It was crowded. It was probably the first time I had been in an area with so many other people in like two years since COVID all happened. And that was definitely a little um, unsettling. But uh, we all did really well. It was a, it was actually a, a great family reunion. It was for my mom. My mom turned 70 about a month and a half ago. And my I have two older brothers. One lives out in Michigan, the other in Oregon. And so we all got together in Las Vegas because, you know, there's a lot to do there and it's easy to get to and get out of. And so we came out there with all of our kids, which now there's seven total between my brothers and I. So lots of cousins. My mother, of course, was in seventh heaven with all her grandchildren around her. And it was just a special family bonding time. Uh, and it actually happened to also fall the same weekend as the weekend of my dad's birthday or what it would have been his 75th birthday here on earth, at least. He has passed. It's been about uh, almost almost eight years since he passed. So it was, it was nice to celebrate his milestone birthday as well um, and to all be together. It just reminded me of how important it is to take that time and effort to spend with family and loved ones when you can. Uh, you know, I am in a environment with work where the unexpected happens all the time. People, you know, often show up to me on their worst or most devastating days. And so I'm constantly reminded and, you know, COVID definitely, if nothing else, reminded me and us of the value and fragility really of of life. And so I think it's so, so important to, you know, make that extra effort despite sometimes being inconvenient to spend with family and loved ones because you really just don't know what tomorrow will bring and you don't want to have any regrets. And, you know, I have three kids now. So taking my newborn, he's, you know, he's two months now, he's gotten his first couple of shots and I felt pretty safe traveling with him. And so, but, you know, babies, I had a whole suitcase just for him with diapers and <laughs> uh, wipes and all, you know, the, all the other stuff. So traveling, it was not quite easy. But I'm so glad we made the trip out there. It was definitely worth it to to see all the family bond again. And it'll be one that'll definitely last for a while. So if you haven't or you're thinking about it in the upcoming holidays, I encourage you to, to do it, to take that extra step and spend it with your loved ones. Uh, as you make plans for Thanksgiving and the holidays, make sure that you remain safe. You know, you consider travel wear your mask, if you're you need to get a booster or you're eligible to get a booster or vaccinate your kids, whichever, make sure you, you get them all done as well. All right, let's get to our episode today. So today we're going to talk about another Stock for Docs dissection episode. And we're going to talk about a company that has been in the news so much recently. And it's something that I have talked about in the past because I truly enjoy their product and I have talked to you about how much I love it in the past. And so this just seemed like the right time to do an episode on, if there was a drum roll, drum roll here it would be, 
Peloton. That is right. We are going to talk about Peloton today. And you have definitely heard me mention Peloton to you before. Peloton changed my life when I got my Peloton bike. I am a user of the bike. I have used it for the past almost three years now. In all of my 37 years of existence, I can tell you that it is the only equipment of exercise that I have been consistently able to use and not fallen off um, as much, <laughs> if you will, uh, as any other form of exercise. Um, so to me, that was what was the game changer about it. Um, it's extremely convenient because it's at home. Um, so that's sort of why it has stuck for me. But the company has had some definitely some trials in the past month or so now. And you've definitely seen that reflect into its share price. And so we're going to talk about it as a objective stock dissection topic for today. So let's start with the way we always start our stock discussions, which is let's talk about circle of competence. So remember, circle of competence is are you able to understand the company? Are you able to keep up with what's going on by reading about it? Is it interesting to you? Is it within your capability of understanding? And for me, it was a hard yes, because I use it. I use it as much as I can in a week. So I try every day, but it's probably more like three times, a, three or four times a week, um, especially now. Um, being postpartum, I'm finally starting to get back into it and have had, you know, gotten the okay from my uh, OB doctor that I can get back on it. Um, but it is primarily a company. So it's an interactive fitness platform and it has two sort of major areas of streams of revenue. It has fitness products like the bike or the tread, which is their treadmill. And then it has the other stream, which is a, a subscription model, right? Because you buy the product, which obviously generates revenue for them. But then you also have to subscribe on a monthly basis at $39 a month, which is then what gives them that recurring revenue. Um, it is obviously um, a sports and fitness equipment or in that arena. I enjoy reading about the company. I enjoy its motto. I believe in sort of what it's doing. Yes, it, you know, it was one of those COVID gained companies where, you know, through COVID it gained a lot of subscribers and the environment COVID created made it even more friendly or user friendly for people because you couldn't go to gyms and you couldn't really go out and work out in um, a community type setting. And so not only did this allow them to work out at home in a safe way, but it kept that communication and connectivity to a community open as you took classes with other people. And there's a leaderboard and a sense of community, which is a huge part of its model. So I think it's within my circle of competence because of that. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I've never come considered myself an athlete to tell you the truth ever in my life. You know, I've played sports here and there, but when I'm on the bike, when I'm riding the bike, you know, all of the instructors tell you all the time that you're an athlete, you're an athlete, you're here, you're an athlete. And it's definitely inspiring. And to me, you know, that's part of why it has grown and it has, you know, gained such a wide subscriber base all over the world, really. Going back to our circle of competence, I think it's within my circle of competence and venture that it's one that's pretty easy to become a part of if you are a user for sure. So let's move on to moat. So here's the kind of iffy part of it. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are skeptical about its moat because 
yes, during COVID, you know, when you couldn't go out to your regular gyms and be outside or whatever, this was a good model. But what about now? And I have, you know, I've read both sides. There's a ton of articles where people, you know, actually CNN just came out with an article today about it, about whether or not people are now going to be abandoning their subscriptions because now they can go back to the gyms or gyms are opening around them, or is it here to stay? And I think, unfortunately for this, I'm a little biased because I bought into Peloton before COVID. And for me, it wasn't COVID that made it convenient necessarily. It was just my lifestyle, right? Being an ER physician and working shifts and all times and hours of the day, also being a mom of young kids, it was just impossible for me to find half an hour where I could get out to go to the gym and come back on a consistent basis when the gym was open, when my kids were settled and I could leave the house without anybody for half an hour. It was just not something that was attainable. But once I got the bike, you know, I could do that if my kids were taking a nap and I couldn't leave the house, but I could get a great workout in 20, 30 minutes on the bike. And I didn't feel like I was doing it by myself because I was, you know, in this community environment. Most of my friends and people in my community that have had the bike are healthcare workers or providers as well. And so they all have similar reasons for getting the bike. So I think my, unfortunately, I'm a little biased because I don't think COVID was the only reason people got the bike since I didn't get it for COVID. I got it before COVID. But there are a lot of people who probably got it during COVID because they couldn't go out and exercise and you know they needed that outlet and so they invested in it. And if you invested in, in the bike, you know, it's not cheap. It's about fourteen or fifteen hundred dollars for just the bike. That's a big price tag. And then you have your subscription model, which you you probably want to get the model, right? The subscription if you're gonna invest in the bike. Otherwise you can get any stationary bike really. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure about the moat, which makes it a little bit of an iffy bet, I think. Uh, if I'm really being objective about it, even though I do love the product, if I'm being objective as an investor, I think the moat is kind of TBD. I think it because it had this surge and uptick with COVID, was that a real uptick or was that the only reason? Will it sustain beyond it? I think that's yet to be seen. I don't think the answer is clear and I don't think anybody has a crystal ball. I think there are the people who definitely think, yes, it's here to stay. And people are, you know, everyone's not going to go back to the gym like they used to because of the convenience model that it offers. But then there are those I think that are hard no's and like, no, I wouldn't use it now that I can go back to the gym and have real community and people and real life. And so I think it's TBD. So the moat I do think is a little iffy. I don't know if it can sustain or not at this time. I will say that up at this point, it is the largest interactive fitness platform in the world. And as far as competitors go, it definitely has the leading edge, which I think is a big positive. And it's been optimizing and expanding at a rate that is definitely greater than any other competitor out there. Uh, I believe it's in four countries now, the US, Canada, UK, and Germany. And it definitely has expanded exponentially in the last couple of years. It has had a couple of big events, though, that it's important to talk about. The one recent one, or the, the one prior to this recent one, was the, the, the tread recall. So it had a lot of negative press because there were a couple of accidents that happened with the uh, 
children and um, I believe even uh, pets that were on the tread at home unsupervised who got injured. And so there was a recall when there was a little dip in their price, actually their stock price. And I remember that event and they did recover from that. But then recently, and I mean recently, I mean in this last fiscal quarter, they took a huge fall of 36% after their earnings report. And we'll talk a little bit about that next as we go into discussing the price of, of their price model. And their, and why did they fall, right? So the question is, what happened? Well, this is my understanding of what happened. So the Peloton management a couple of months ago put out this forecast saying that by the end of the year, they anticipate they're going to have 36 million subscribers and about 5.4 billion in revenue. Those are good numbers, right? And then the earnings report was going to come out and they saw that their customers were plateauing a little bit. And so then they came back and revised that and said, okay, actually, no, we're going to have 3.4 million subscribers and about 4.6 billion in revenue which is still an increase of 15%, but it's a decrease in what they had anticipated prior. And so Wall Street and investors started to get really nervous and said, well, that means you are losing or about you know 230 something thousand subscribers and at $39 per month, that's about you know $100 million a year of income or of revenue. And so that's a big deal. And that kind of created a lot of fear and frenzy in Wall Street. And they just dropped 36% of their stock price, uh, which is a huge, huge plummet for them. Now, does it justify that big of a drop? I don't think so. I think that was a little bit of an overreaction uh, on what, you know, on what's been going on with Peloton. I think they are still, you know, even in the last quarter, they were profitable. They went up in revenue. They just are starting to plateau perhaps a little bit compared to what their growth has been in the past. And so, which, you know, with the Peloton being a growth company, it is a growth company. It's not a value company, right? It's a new company. It's only been around for a couple of years. It's only IPO'd for a few years. I don't think it's going to have that financial stability as some of the more mature companies will have, right? It's going to have a lot of debt. It's going to have a negative ROIC and ROE, which it does. And so you have to understand that when you're investing in growth companies. So today its share price was, I believe at close about $48.40. Its all-time high for in the last year has been $171. And uh, its low is just about where it's at now. I think the low is $45. So, you know, we're definitely at the low end of its, of its existence. And so the question then becomes, you know, is this undervalued at this price? Is it something that's going to take off? Is it here to stay? Well, that's the million dollar question again, because it's a growth company you know, it doesn't have those financial backings that you can rely on. And so you're taking a risk and a little bit of a gamble, uh, like you do with all growth companies. But the question is whether or not you believe in the company and the product. Um, and my take is I am actually not sure. I don't have the same conviction I have for Peloton as a, as a stock investor. 
uh, as I probably do for some of the other growth companies. Do I love their product? Yes, I do. I enjoy their product. I use it all the time. And, you know, and for that reason alone, I think it's okay if you want to invest in it a little bit. But would I put a large amount of money into it or a large amount of my own money into it? Probably not at this point. No, I mean, I might have a small position because I enjoy the product and it's interesting to me and I read about it anyways and I keep up with it. But I would be a little bit hesitant um, because I honestly am not quite sure if it's moat uh, being solid at this point. The growth and the the taper off their growth doesn't concern me as much right now because they are continuing to grow. And as most growth companies mature, they do slow down their growth rate. They are still you know, growing year after year and their revenue is increasing. So I'm not as concerned. And they did just expand and spend a lot of money on expanding recently. So I'm not as concerned about that. But last, let's not talk, let's not forget to look at their management real quick before um, we make up our, our judgments, right? So their management team, I think, is actually pretty solid, which is another big plus, I think, for them. Um, so their management team is about 22 people, 12 of which are women, which is about half, right? Or, or more than half, which is pretty solid, I think, um, including a di- uh, diversity and inclusion officer. Uh, And then John Foley is their CEO and chair of their board. And John Foley has had an excellent track record um, of his past endeavors. He is an engineer, but has had lots of successes leading and being CEOs in the past of companies like uh, CitySearch.com, which became a household name, Evite.com, Pronto. He was um, leadership at Barnes & Noble's. Then he personally is a triathlon and which is an an athlete. And so that's kind of what prompted him towards Peloton. Their board has about seven members and two females on there. They have, you know, pretty good diversity, I think, and uh, a range of experiences within their board, including uh, the ex-CEO of Barnes & Noble. There's some venture capitalist partners. There's a leadership from Restoration Hardware, which is a store that I love. And there's a woman who is the CEO of a digital media company as well. So, you know, okay, diversity there as far as experiences go. But uh, I think their CEO is definitely pretty solid as far as his own successes in the past have been, which is a huge plus. So there we have it. We talked about circle of competence, the price, the moat, and the management. And then now it's kind of up to you to decide whether or not you think it's a good buy or not. If you do believe in the company and you want to invest in it, this would be a great time likely to purchase it given that the price has unreasonably dropped. It's, you know, it's they're in the midst of an event, if you will. And if you do believe the company is going to stick around, you would expect that it would recover from this and start to rise again. And so it would be an opportunity to buy. Or you could just hold, which is what I'm planning to do. I have some Peloton stock that I have bought in the past, and I'm going to just hold on to it for now. I'm I'm not going to buy more because I'm just not sure. And I have other companies that I'm a little bit more sure of um, that I would rather um, use my money right now into. So 
that's my two cents, my opinion about it. Uh, but regardless, again, I think it's a great company to consider to be on your list, either your watch list or your portfolio, depending on how you feel about it or, or not, or say, hey, I'm going to pass this time. And, you know, maybe if the company approves itself a little bit more and I'm a little bit more convicted about it, then I can wait for the next event, which invariably happens for one reason or the other. So I don't think it's, you know, you have to make that decision and I'm going to choose to hold as well. So that's my two cents on Peloton. I hope it was helpful. And uh, thank you again for listening and tuning in. I will be back next week. Until then, stay safe, stay well, healthy, and cheers. Stocks for Docs is a podcast designed to educate healthcare professionals on building wealth through value investing. Take the first steps towards securing your future and listen weekly. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as Stocks for Docs.